Alright, we're live. Um, I'm here for my first podcast episode. You are now live with the Durag Scholar. A lot of y'all know me. If you don't, Jamal. Come on, I see that little... Come on now. Come on now. And I'm here with a wonderful woman I met backpacking. This is Ebina. We met in El Salvador. Unmatched energy. Unmatched personality. Um, and yeah, so we're definitely going to have a good conversation. Um... Kind of like what I was talking about before. So we were having a little conversation right before the air started. And we we're talking about like life after backpacking, after like we met in El Salvador and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Some transitions and <laughs> close of, closing of certain yes. chapters, opening of new chapters. Yes. Yes. Um, and we kind of got into a point like we we're kind of talking on some um, kind of like what would you call it relationship type ish you know <laughs> relationship type ish right? yes yes um i think i could actually forget what you're saying you're if you want to say oh think, you were talking about woman like well uh, yeah i was saying yeah. yeah i think i was maybe saying that essentially um women sometimes don't understand the signals that men are sending and i am no relationship expert because i'm single single okay (laughs) but um i don't think that sometimes women understand the signals that men are sending and i do believe that if a woman has to guess if a man likes them or if a a woman is confused if a man likes them then that man does not genuinely like them enough and that that means that you go and spend your time elsewhere because with a scarcity mindset let me just say i've had this a lot because i started dating late in life and actually when i was on that Mm -hmm. backpacking trip it was because i was going to see a man in belize okay yeah yeah i remember that (laughs) (laughs) I don't never fly nowhere with somebody else not paying for it. (laughs) That's not going to happen ever again. That's not, that's not what I do anymore. And I'm not even a city girl. I don't got the heart, but I'm just saying in general, it just makes no sense when someone is sending me, that man was sending me signals that he wasn't maybe that into me. And then I spent my own coin to go and chase something that was a glimmer of a possibility. And I actually, Mm -hmm. if I looked back on it, I could have told myself, Hey, this man is not really feeling me. And with a scarcity mindset and not necessarily a, abundance perspective you then believe that something that's a good thing that has a fraction of a chance of really working out that that might work and so you put all your eggs in that basket but the reality is there's so much out there for you if you're a woman i don't know about y'all men but i know for these women Ooh. out here <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding for everyone for everyone for everyone for everyone there is so much opportunity out here and if you go if you approach the world and especially dating I mean, anything, honestly, you can apply it to life. If you approach it with abundance, things work out for me. Goodness is bound to fall in my lap. Then you walk into those things. But if you approach it with like, there's only one thing that I'm gonna get and I'm gonna have to hustle for it and grind for it. And it's the only thing that I'm, there's only one person that I'm gonna find and there's so few of them out here and it's all this. <laughs> like, then you walk into a lot of, like a lot of bad dudes. You, if you think you're going to walk up. into a lot of like amazing men. And I just know that from my last year of dating um, black men exclusively that I was in the beginning of the year was like, oh, it's not a lot of educated, fine, tall, because I like them tall and, um, you know, whatever <laughs> that they're not. It's not my a... shoulders off real quick. Like, hold on. <laughs> what? Hold Giants. On. Another... <laughs> this is a five, four girl talking now saying that you like them tall. But anyway. She got six for energy. Believe it. Believe it. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I feel like sometimes. Um, Definitely feel like, 
you know, I shake the room. And so um, yeah. I definitely uh, think that, yeah, when in the beginning of the year, I definitely had a mindset like there was few educated, successful black men that were also above six the short guy's about to be hot oh my god i know i know and literally listen man we don't we don't make the game it's how it goes man it's how it goes it's it's not my fault i just i do have a big personality and that is why someone i don't even i don't even date tall men that don't also hold their own so it's not even like just tall men. I like tall men that hold her. And even sometimes there are shorter men that have swag for days and they sometimes can't pull me too. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, can get it. 100% so, anyway. though, like, like mm-hmm. talking about like guys for you, like you definitely, you like, you, you don't need necessarily a guy whose personality is like larger than yours, but he has to, he has to really have his feet in the ground you know what I mean to be you know what I mean like for real yeah, like you no, definitely I, I feel you. You, you you definitely do need a guy with some with some oomph to him you know what I mean something like, that sure, like sure. He, yeah I think it a man just as confident in who he is let's just say that yeah, I don't want yeah. to I don't want to run over no man I definitely don't want to be in charge <laughs> Yeah. And I think I could I could take a back seat for someone who knows who they are and things of that nature. So regardless, and that's honestly, Jamal, when I met you, I was like, who is this dope? Now, you know, my grandma, y'all don't know how old I am. I'm going to tell you how old I am. I'm 34. OK, oh, she's so, snitching on herself, y'all. I don't care because I don't look like nobody's 34. <laughs> flex on them, flex on them, let them know. And I'm about to be 35 in about two or three months. Um, And so I just be, like I was like, who is this? I did say kid. Let me. I'm going to pause for a second. Yeah. I'm going to pause for the, the sirens. Um, oh, you heard that? Yeah, oh, yeah. That? I heard it, so I'm, I'm cutting it so you can cut it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I was like, I was like, who is this young man? Because I'm a little bit older. So I was like, who is this young man? And I did feel like you had such... Um, you had stature, not just in um, size, but also in like, just how you carried yourself, how you were certain in who you were, um, and also how you could like connect people with one another. We were in a hostel and so you were able to link a lot of people together. Um, I just felt like um, your energy and personality like is a gift and a blessing. And I think there are people who, there are a few people, but there are people who um, like whenever they come in contact with other people, they're a blessing to them. And I think you have that type of energy and personality that you bless other people. So I was like, who is this? child no i'm kidding because <laughs> i'm old i'm old she's but... just gonna keep sending me this whole segment i can I'm see sorry, it coming <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but you know grandma's will grandma and that's what no i'm kidding i'm not a grandma but i'm i'm older i do like to admit that i'm 34 so yeah and so yes no 100 percent. i appreciate that and like definitely like it was crazy so <clears throat> for me like i remember distinctly like i'll never forget the memory like I was in the upstairs of the hostel. This is like mm-hmm. a 16-bedroom room or something like yeah. that, or whatever the case may be. And I was just chilling, um, hanging out with a friend, and I went downstairs to go get water. And then I saw Evan, and like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I actually told you on the trip or not, but like, I swear to God, the moment I saw you, I was like, I didn't even hear you talk or anything. There's just like, there's two people I met on my whole backpacking trip whose energy like before ever talking to them or anything like there was just honestly i'm not even a big aura or spiritual person in that sense yeah. or not but like i was like okay there's something there and i literally remember going back 
to my fan being like, yo, there's somebody there that I feel me and him, like me and her is gonna get like really close type shit. Yeah. And 100%, like all the compliments like you're giving to me is like exactly like what I feel about you. Like your energy is like, it's amazing. And especially like an environment like that, like when backpacking and whatnot, like mm -hmm. give people like a little bit of context. I mean, everybody, at least the ones we came across in Central America, everybody's kind of just lost. Like you're kind of just going out there, you're just, I don't know, just trying to find your way, enjoy yourself and everything mm -hmm. like that. But it's hard um, to, I guess, burst out of your bubble the way people normally would when they have their typical friends around, when they know yeah. the places that they're going. Da -da -da. Like everybody's taken out of their element. Right? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. there's a few people like Ebino who really stand out because it doesn't at all feel like they've been taken out of their element. So like right away, Ebino's personality is shining. Like she's talking about connecting people together. She introduced me to so many people who were like, loving her off absolutely you had a little you can't say you didn't have a little group you had a little group that was loving little, you I off had, i had a I, we had, had an entourage you had we an had entourage y'all was dope we had a click no yeah. we had a click because um my story is that i had come from um mexico um i flew there after i finished grad school and pretty much wanted to go and meet up with someone i had met on okcupid who had come to america it's from america but like was doing some some work in belize and so um once that happened i like backpacked through or went over um the border with in the bus to stay like a week in mexico a week in belize and then i went to um guatemala in guatemala my phone fell in um a hot tub and then it fell in Lake Atitlan, so it was done. And that kind of made me want to go back home. So I wanted up staying stationary for a lot longer than I anticipated. And um, in Antigua, I met these amazing people at this hostel called Barbara's Hostel. You better, you better go, go, shout it out. It's beautiful. <laughs> the the breakfast is, the six o'clock treat is, it's like everything. <laughs> they give you cake at six o'clock for free. It's awesome. It's like twelve dollars a night too. Anyway. Um, I met these people there and because I was there for so long, we built a rapport. And so when I was considering going back home, they were like, well, we're going to El Salvador. And then I was like, well, I, I wanted to go this whole trip. That's one of the, that's one of the places in Central America I hadn't been to already. So why not? And then that's when we got to the hostel where you guys were. And that's when we met. So yeah, that was my that, backpacking story. And that's dope. And completely, I mean, kind of off on a little tangent because I remember, like, in Tiwa, Guatemala. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So, honestly, like, at least backpack in Central America, I feel like this way traveling in general, but especially Central America, black people are, like, a diamond does. Like, you're not you're not somewhere. seeing black people. You nope. know what I mean? Like, nope. you're not seeing black people. And so nope. I remember I had two distinct encounters with black people in Guatemala. And, like, for everybody who's not black out there, like, I'm going to give you a little insight on black people. We just have a... We just have a thing going on. Like, we just see each other. You know what I mean? You might like, not even say a word. You might not even catch it, but we definitely at least gave each other a nod. Or yada yes, yeah. We'll do this, like, whether we're in the States, whether in Canada. But then when we're traveling, I feel like it's amplified even more because you guys just two fish are thrown on the water. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait. Exactly. Out here, too? Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I mean? exactly. So I remember meeting two black guys separately. Um, you actually know them as well. That's why they're of interest. Like, yeah. Steve was one from Detroit. Yes, shout we out, ate dinner together. Shout out Detroit. Yes. Shout out Detroit. Shout out Steve. Um, yes. Mr. Streetside Shot, um, mm -hmm. who also, just like you, does a lot of photography. Straight yeah. to for Cool. And OG from Detroit. Calm. Mellow yeah. as hell. Just living his life. 
Yes. Uh, that's one wise. of the things I love about backpacking. You mm-hmm. meet so many people just like who just learn to like, you know what? I'm gonna just live my life. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like regardless, I'm gonna roll the dice on a couple of things. Like even yeah. for you, like going out to Belize, like that situation didn't turn out the way you expected, but you ended up with a lifetime of memories and all exactly. these other encounters you didn't exactly. anticipate. Right? Exactly. That was because you're willing to roll the dice and all right, let's see what the world has to offer type of thing, right? I agree. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. I so agree. And who's the other person that I know? Nate. Yes! I, I can't remember what. I don't know if he's Ghanaian as well. I, I think so. I, I think so. These ass black guys. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing here? And both times I just went up and started chopping it up and whatnot. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him in a club, I think. Oh, that was oh, fun God times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun times. Yes. I didn't you know- even party in Guatemala. I felt like we were like on the, well, I guess I did party in like, I don't know if it was Flores or whatnot, but in Antigua, I feel like, especially you and your group, you guys found the like party life or like social life of Antigua. And I feel like I must have been like one block away where like things were quiet. I wouldn't say a dog. I definitely enjoyed myself, but it definitely wasn't. I definitely wasn't, wasn't put up to the club. I definitely wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's interesting. Antigua is a great place if anybody ever wants to visit. It's a place um, that has a very large expat community. So you can find people you can connect with locals but then you can also find people that might have more in common with you if you're from the west and i think um there were events happening at least pre-covid there were events happening like salsa lessons or salsa night or bachata night or something like that pretty much every weekend weekday night and then on the weekends it was turn up and that was like our last nights there and it was like Mm -hmm. turn up and we love dancing and honestly i consider myself an average black woman dancer okay (laughs) but when you get in the midst of people that can kind of dance maybe <laughs> you're the best dancers <laughs> people was hyping me up and i was like okay yeah, i'll take the spotlight when they can yes, i'll take that i'll take it i'll take it because people was hyping me up i mean i'm a i'm a you know i'm a mm, i'm a, I can do a little two-step okay you can move. You, i you can, can dance yeah. but but i'm just all i'm trying to say is that I'm by no far doing choreo- choreography okay but when you're when you're in a certain group and you're like the person that can dance, you're going to take all the shine if you can. I mean, that's my personality. So, anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was also fun for me because, like, I'm dancing and people are hyping me up and I'm literally doing a basic, like, you know, something. Little... I'm like, yeah. teach me how to do this. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing, y'all. It wasn't yeah. impressive. But then everybody was like, oh, <laughs> go home. It's, oh, it's, you know. it's, it's all about the swagger. Like, that's what advice I'll give out, like, <clears throat> for the people who've turned up with me, you know, I know how to bust out the same six dance moves <laughs> and make them stretch out for five hours and keep them fresh. And a yes. lot of it is energy. Like, honestly, I got the Jamaican waistline. I got yes, that. And I have a two-step. Come I shout out my little, I got a little snap and roll. You yes, know, yes. Really rock with it. But, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's 95% energy. Yeah, 95% I do agree that and being willing to just you know what, I'm going to do my thing, whether I'm in the spotlight or not. 
I'm going to mm-hmm. do my thing and have a good time. And yeah, I, I agree. That. I agree. And I do think, and I think that is what like this backpacking experience taught me in general. And I think it was what I could apply to my life when I got back home and what I'm still trying to always recreate, even if I'm not traveling. And it really is this idea of like, I can take risks. I can be adaptable. I can like, you know, put myself in positions that might make me a little bit uncomfortable to actually experience something that I wouldn't have otherwise. Like mm-hmm. doing something different renders different results. And I know that as a result of that trip, it changed my life. It gave me new perspective. And then also taking that that character building that occurred during that time and applying it to my everyday life. I know I'm so different as a result of travel. So I think, I mean, I... Um, if you talk about my like my life, I'm, I promote traveling to Black places specifically because I believe in the power of traveling to Black places for Black people and even allies. But in general, travel is a cheat code to figuring out who you are, to un- self-discovery. And But for Black people, I think it's especially powerful in helping you combat like anti-Blackness and understanding your identity and loving yourself. Sure. So so anyway, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I do think <laughs> travel, like if anybody can have opportunities, and it's a luxury, I get it it is a luxury having the money to do that i know people who had to leave early on trips because they didn't maybe have the money or just things didn't work out even at times i was like if i wasn't able to work at the same time i'm not sure if i was going to be able to afford to pay my mortgage back at home and then also pay to stay somewhere and then also be like so so it it helped a lot to be able to work um but anyway all i'm trying to say i get it Mm -hmm, go ahead my bad to cut you off. One thing I kind of want to shut out there because this is what opened my mind um, to traveling, although I ended up spending money. But so for me, like I was always big on traveling. I had a few shorter experiences before my time backpacking. Like I was in Iceland. I was in Cuba. Like I've done some things, um, but they're usually like week trips and whatnot. Yeah. Um, what opened me up to backpacking was I learned about a program or a platform called Workaway which essentially you're like part-time volunteering. Maybe you're teaching English. Maybe you're helping check in at a hostel and whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. And you can get like free board, free meals and whatnot. And then you have so much excess time to travel. And like, honestly, when you're backpacking, a lot of your expenses really is just eating and sleeping. And And like finding, Mm -hmm. finding a place to stay and whatnot. So definitely like regardless of your financial (laughs) circumstance, I understand that, it's definitely a privilege to be able to do it. And that's why I went and jumped once my opportunity opened up for it. But there are platforms to help you make it more accessible for whatever your circumstance may be, like Workaway. Um, and definitely for people, if you're able to find a way to make money location independently, like mm-hmm. Ebena, like she had a gig where she was able to just, as long as she had internet, she can make money. There's so many ways to do that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are definitely options to explore. But... On a side note, like one thing I wanted to touch on, um, what was it? Yeah, so one of the key conversations like I really wanted to like have with you about all of this stuff was, so I'm definitely a huge advocate for travel as well. Um, I'm constantly talking about anytime I start to get into any sort of longer conversation with someone, travel always comes up. And one thing I noticed that I constantly run into is like, I'll be talking to women about backpacking and a lot of times they'll love the idea. But mm-hmm. then they have a lot of like reservations and whatnot, of course, being a woman and about like safety and things of that nature. And like I've met women who've backpacked and done extended travel by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's hard for me to speak on it because I'm a guy. So yeah, right. Like, like safety concerns are a legitimate thing for sure. Whether you're a male or woman is definitely heightened if you're a woman. But yeah, I just wanted to get you to put your input on like how how can women feel more safe and comfortable to do a backpacking trip by themselves? Like, how did you make it happen? So. I think it's important to acknowledge that women live in a world where we walk out the house and we have to think twice about maybe looking left and right to make sure that there's nobody else coming. Like we live in that world. That's a normal occurrence. And I think men have maybe sometimes the luxury of not. I do think that you, sure. you're you safe, but like I, I would just, I don't know, maybe you might go running in the middle of the night and I might be like, oh no. I can't yeah. do yeah, I can't do something like that. There's not and so I do want to acknowledge anyone who has some fears or reservations about it that those can be legitimate. Mm -hmm. I do think there's some ways to do it in a way that you feel a little bit more comfortable by choosing places that you feel have um less crime towards women. Um Central America in general, I felt it was very safe. Um when I talk about a place like um El Salvador in particular, there is a lot of um information out there. Um, there's a lot of negative narratives about a place like El Salvador. I live in America. I live in Philadelphia, as a matter of fact, what was once called Philadelphia. Um, I live in the hood, um, which I'm repping hard North Philly all day, every day. And um, <laughs> the reality is that there are dangers that I can experience just at my home that I probably have a lesser chance of experiencing when I'm traveling abroad. It's not to minimize any dangers there, but I, so maybe you don't live in an unsafe place. So maybe you're not like me, but I do know living in America in and of itself has a level of certain uncertainty and crime that we just have become accustomed to and maybe don't have the same level of fear that when we talk about traveling, that fear generates or something like that because it's an unknown we know we know the danger that's in front of us but because we haven't traveled we might not have that understanding of that danger so it seems like it's greater but even in el salvador um and doing some research i wrote a little bit of blog post about el salvador or how to travel safely in general and and specifically, sometimes crimes are targeted towards people who are traveling, who might have more money, but a lot of crime in El Salvador specifically is gang related and has to do with like individuals who are there, not necessarily foreigners. I'm not saying no one takes advantage of foreigners, but you keep your wits about you. You don't travel. You try not to travel places at night. You try not to travel places alone at night if you are going to do that. Um, staying in a hostel is a really great um, way to find people who can be around you, who can look out for you. You can also share your location with the people back home, even though it's hard to like get their immediate reaction or response with something were to happen. You can communicate with the staff at the place wherever you're staying. If it's not a hostel, if it's a hotel situation, you can get vetted sources of transportation. Now Uber's a thing, um, but Sometimes the hotel or the hostel has ways to get around, but we took things like buses and I felt a lot more comfortable because I was in a hostel with a number of different people. And so I think finding friends, even if you're traveling alone, finding friends is a great thing to do to feel a little bit more safe. But do your research. I would try to have um, a cast a wider net when you're searching about research, because if you listen to the United States, the United States in particular will tell you, and I'm from the U.S., so that's why I'm saying that, but probably governments will be real shady 
real shady with developing nations and how they might be dangerous. But I don't know if y'all saw what happened in the United States in early January (laughs) with um, our Capitol building being stormed by homegrown terrorists. So we have our own issues. And so all I'm trying to say, and we have bombings, I'm just trying to say we a mess. We got a nerve to talk about somebody else. So I would try to find sources that are not biased because I do think Western sources towards developing nations have have vested interest in getting people to have fear of the unknown. So that's all I got to say. And and that's (laughs) the thing about Central America. So definitely like of all the places to backpack um people normally have the most fears about central america which um, i don't understand which is <laughs> yeah like and 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 they do have very serious gang problems there but honestly like one of my principles for staying safe when i was out there was like i stay away from the drugs like, mm-hmm. honestly like there's a lot of times people are offering me this and offering me that and that's right to be honest a lot of the gang violence revolves around drugs and you probably could be fine but you know if you stay away from the drugs more or less like you're probably going to be okay and like yeah especially for a woman out there like what Ebony's point was on um, one of the points she had made was you know finding friends like i know it seems super risky to like trust your life with people like you're just meeting in another part of the world and whatnot mm-hmm. but honestly like like, even from what Ebony is saying, like, it's safe and it's also normal. Like, you have to understand that once you leave Canada, once you leave the States or whatever, um, normality changes, right? And it definitely takes a whole amount of, like, courage and bravery to go to another country, meet people, and then feel comfortable. Okay, I'm going to travel with them and they're watching my back or whatnot. But a lot of people, especially women, are in that together. And I think a lot of times... You can build friendships with other women like that and yeah. develop like a group where you guys can safely go place to place um, and definitely stay out of being on the road at nighttime specifically, you know, just walk in through rural mm-hmm. areas or anything like that. Um, and yeah, but there's definitely like I've met a number of women um, on my backpacking trip in Central America who um, were all traveling solo. I met some women who were traveling solo for years yeah. i know some who are doing it for months or whatever the case may be but it, it's something that you honestly have to come to your own comfortable comfortability with like there's definitely real threats and dangers but question your fear a little bit more like definitely probe it like ebony said like there's a lot of stuff spoken about like central america and all the developing nations that can give an exaggerated sense of like how dangerous it is like mm-hmm. my family thought i was on a suicide mission like Oh, you're going to Central America? Yeah. I do a lot. To be fair, I'll be honest. I do a lot of things that make my family sometimes think. Nervous. He probably doesn't care if he dies. But (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, to be honest, my grandmother's always just like, she's just to the point now where she's like, okay, like. Not I think that's a black people thing. thing. Also, it's like we got enough mm-hmm. trouble. Why are you gonna put yourself in trouble? In more tr- that's how they see it. hundred percent. That's how like, they see you got it. enough stress here. Why are you trying to put yourself in more stress? More. Like, exactly. yeah, more yes. Exactly. So. But yeah, no, I definitely I definitely encourage everybody, like women, men, you know, black, white, whatever the case may be, like yeah. try to get a backpacking experience. It honestly is life changing and like yeah. There's a certain level, like I can definitely speak from me and like, like especially my roommate as well, who I'm sure I'm going to have on here as well with his backpacking experience. You come back with a heightened sense of confidence when mm-hmm. you're taken out of your element. You kind of don't know how things work. It's a different system. It's a different language. But you kind of start to learn like everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work. Yes. Out. 
you're going to be told the bus station is one place you go there it's not there the bus is going to come at this time it came yeah. already before you're going to be looking for a hostel whatever the case may be but like honestly that's the best training grounds for life honestly exactly exactly i agree so much and i would just also say when it comes to traveling and and i think this applies to the danger aspect and maintaining safety as well as just the approach towards backpacking if you consider it um as an option for you i think just having more of a glass half full or positive outlook i know i sound a little frou-frou and spiritual and like crystals and things like that but the reality is like certain attitude or positivity will really change the way that you see the world and therefore change your reactions and therefore change the way that people interact with you. And so even in challenging situations, you're going to notice that with a little bit of positivity added to that, it's going to make the situation a lot better. And I'm just saying, when you approach traveling like that, the the difficulties like missing the bus, it just came or, or it's not coming for another five hours will be a lot better than because you're going to wait anyway, right? Like, mm -hmm. but that happens in life and life things that you don't want to happen are going to happen anyway. It's the way that you choose to deal with it. And all I'm trying to say is that when I traveled, I might've been that way before a little bit, maybe had a foundation of that. But when I traveled, I realized more and more that Oh, either I'm going to be miserable and wait, or I'm going to make the best out of this. And that's, and that's kind of how life, it made me think, okay, this is what's happening in life. Either I'm going to, it's going to be good and I'm going to enjoy what's happening currently. Cause I can't change that. Or I'm going to be miserable. And honestly, it, there were so many situations that I had to be adaptable like that and enjoy the moment or be miserable. I was like, I can't live miserable or I'm going to be miserable all the time. You yeah, know? you're not you're not living at that point. Exactly, right? exactly, exactly. And so then you you have fun at the bus stop waiting. You meet new people. You like you know eat a snack. You know like Seriously. you pass the time away even without Wi-Fi. You just learn stuff about yourself and learn stuff about other people. You make it work. Um, mm. And so and I know the bus stop is just one example, but I do think that that's an analogy for like life, like a, or a metaphor for life in general. In general, and I just think travel like magnifies that and really shows you like test your metal and shows you what you're made of. And I think it pushes you to be the better you. So yeah, a hundred percent. And mm -hmm. honestly, like there's not a single person I've met backpacking who hasn't felt like they've come back better and more mm -hmm. resilient and had moments that changed their life and inspired them and amazed them and everything like that. So. Yeah, you're definitely listening to two big preachers of backpacking. <laughs> yes. Staying, staying on the topic of like safety and everything, do you actually have completely going against what we're saying? Do you I have still... any scary encounters? Like, did you have moments where, you know, you felt in danger as a woman? Like, what were some near encounters if you had any? And then, especially being a black woman as well, did you feel yeah. like you added another element? I'll try to tell you about like three really quickly. One time in St. Croix, the U.S. Virgin Islands, I was with three girls, one who lived there actually. And we were going to be going to this very secluded like waterfall on the coast. We had to go through this jungle portion and we were going with four or five men. We wouldn't have Wi-Fi service. Um, we were going for, or, or cell phone service at all. We were going with four or five men and something in my spirit said, sis don't go and granted nothing happened but i decided to trust my intuition and that's another thing you should do trust yourself if you feel a little second of like hesitation follow that that is you sensing what your 
normal senses don't pick up, right? Yeah. So if you feel a moment of hesitation, I would follow that, especially when you're traveling, because what you don't know, you don't know. And so yeah. you're, but you're, you're something that is, that is inside of you are saying, wait, and it's not being scary, but just, you know, like trust that part of you. So your intuition. So that's one. Another one was that I got into a car in Nicaragua. Yes, in Nicaragua, I was supposed to be going to the airport to go home. I I took a hat cab instead of like an official taxi by myself. Um, and this was my first, like my first or second time in Central America. So this wasn't on this backpacking trip. Yeah, I have in my GPS, the airport, the man is going the opposite way. I don't speak Spanish, y'all. He eventually explains that he's going to pick up his like girlfriend first and then she works at the airport so he'll take us together. But for about a good five minutes, I'm like, where this man taking me? Okay. <laughs> we were not going in the direction of the airport. Like we were right on the main road for the airport and he was taking me somewhere else. So that was one thing. Made me think like maybe I should take legitimate sources of transportation. But then another time. I don't think I've had very close near encounter, like serious danger, but I do know that, and I'm saying y'all should not do this, but I know in Morocco, people have a lot of stories. Women have a lot of stories of like mistreatment from just the society at large, especially men. And so I get, I'm have a 24 hour layover in Casablanca. I get to um, the place like center of Casablanca probably at like seven or eight it's dark outside someone wants to charge me double the price because I'm a foreigner of course and so I said it's only five minutes away I'm gonna walk my little black ass I'm excuse me I'm gonna um, walk my black butt down the street when I tell you that was the stupidest thing I could have done, I walked on like somewhat of a highway, maybe like like a really busy yeah. like thing. It wasn't a highway. Maybe it was like a three lane each side thing. Nobody was outside. It was very dark. It was the city. It was urban. But then I had to walk where my the main road was and where my hotel was. It was just super dark and super sketchy. And I just was now y'all know I was I was I was praying. That's what I was doing. I was saying, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> um, you have made a way out of no way. Sometimes I was like, All the I should turn out from your childhood. I, I was <laughs> like, I should really turn around because it just looked and. I, I told you, you should listen. And I didn't even listen to myself at that time. But I was like, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it. I was like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done. So I'm not saying that these were instances where like, oh, I have had a gun almost pulled on me. It's my favorite place. All right, I'll tell you that one. Sorry, this is the last one. So (laughs) Haiti is my favorite country ever. Let me just say that. I'm gonna preface it with that. Haiti is my favorite country ever. Period, hands down. Shout out Haiti. Haiti, yes, Haiti's everything. Yeah. Um, and so we went to go to this, the largest fort in the Western Hemisphere. Excuse me, it's called um, La Citadel or something like that. Um, and it's they mo- locals who drive motorcycles took us up the hill and then they waited for us. Now, supposedly there's two forms of Haitian currency, and they told us like essentially 10 us no they told us like three us each and then they told us made it like 10 us something like that something like that i said y'all done spent four hours waiting for us ten dollars is going to cost me a cup of coffee at starbucks and a cake pop okay i'm gonna pay it (laughs) it's not a big deal it's it's like and this is going to make a material difference in people's lives here so i'm I'm good ten dollars not gonna do nothing to me my friends I'm not trying to shade nobody, but 
there were people who are with me, let's just say that, who were like, it's the principle of the matter. We're not paying it. So yes, the guns almost came out. The man showed us the gun. I said, I said, I didn't pay my. I said I paid my money. I'm getting in the tap tap. Y'all can do whatever you want. I paid my man my money. Y'all yeah. can do whatever y'all want. If y'all want to, if this if it's worth this, yeah, so be it. But that I mean, but that was unnecessary. Pay people mm. what they worth. Make it fair. That's all I got mm. to say. I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm just saying like, make it fair. Like make it fair. So that was. But that wasn't even nothing. That was like, y'all trying to, I, I don't even think they were trying to cheat us. I think $10 is warranted for like four hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, using I, your I, gas I, to take us up a hill and down a hill. Like, yeah. Just, Specifically from a taxi, like, I would agree. Um, yeah. But I, I can't lie. Like, you guys see the flag behind me, the Jamaica flag? Like, yes. Listen, when I'm backpacking, especially, like, I'm cutting every dollar possible. Because um, honestly, honestly, there is, there is, um, a level of fairness and honestly you're making an impact in people's lives but mm -hmm. they're definitely in a lot of places with a lot of people <clears throat> and my voice keeps getting ruffled but Sorry. um with a bunch of different people and whatnot who will see that you're a foreigner and take you know, advantage see that you're coming from like a developed nation and mm -hmm. they're going to try and take advantage and so a lot of times like if you can work your way and kind of know how to talk to people and still be respectful and whatnot yeah. you know and be willing to talk to more people, see the options, build a sense, and it always helps when you get to learn more of their culture. If you can speak a little bit of the language and whatnot, fortunately for me, I knew Spanish when I went to Central America. So mm -hmm. I live watched so many people. Like I would go get a price talking in Spanish. People come talk to English. I just left and I hear them getting seven, eight, nine times yeah. that I paid, right? Yes. So, yeah, there's definitely two sides to it. Like when you're backpacking, there's the okay, you're trying to cut your costs as much as you can or work yeah. or whatnot. And then there is a certain level of, okay, you know what, to be fair, I am from a developed nation. You know what, does these yeah. couple dollars really make a difference to my life and whatnot? So Yeah, just make it fair for everybody. It. That's what yeah. I think. Because I yeah. feel like sometimes there are people who cheat you, who want to cheat you. Cheat you no, don't, don't, don't make it fair. Make your profit. But don't, don't sell me a pencil for $22. Like, that's yeah. not yeah what you think i was born yesterday no yeah. no that's not gonna happen baby and so yes mm -hmm. also coming from i'm ghanaian so coming from an african background we're not taking the first price is i'm gonna set and then i'm gonna set my price 10 times lower than what i'm gonna pay because i know it's gonna get there to eventually where i want it to exactly, be, you know? exactly. Um, you're gonna set your price 10 times high, and i'm gonna set my price 10 times low and we're gonna work it out okay <laughs> What I what I love about backpacking though, especially in these countries, is that you can do that. Like I love yeah. the fact that you can you can both come yeah. to a place where you guys both feel okay. You know, for you, you felt ten dollars for our drive. This is worth it. He definitely felt like it's worth it. Like mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. definitely one thing I enjoy about traveling is that prices aren't set. You know, like yeah. it makes it easier to have prices set, but you get to be in a you get to really pay how much you actually value things. Like if I don't exactly. value certain excursions and whatnot and I can't work a better price, I'm not going to do it. You know I'm what not I mean? Doing it. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So having yes. that flexibility is, is dope. It's definitely it's dope. very dope. It's very dope. Have you been in danger? Have you had an episode of danger? Oh, um, when I was, bat when I was backpacking specifically yeah, or period, anytime. I mean, when you're traveling. <laughs> definitely traveling, in, Ca yeah. in, in Canada, there's some things that have happened which I probably won't speak on. But 
<laughs> and well, and specifically traveling. How about that? Yeah, go, but even go, oh, going with traveling. Um, one story that came right back to my mind. Um, when you're talking about following your gut and whatnot, is you know I'm definitely willing to roll the dice in a lot of situations and whatnot, and you know I have a certain level of. I don't know, like I, in rougher areas, I know how to carry myself. I know how yeah, to hold yeah, yeah. myself like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that's something I can really teach anyone, but based on my early experiences of life, that's something I've gotten. Um, but I remember one time I'm in San Salvador, and this is the capital of El Salvador, whatnot, <laughs> and it's late night, it's dark, I don't even know where I am at all. Um, so I'm just desperately just looking to find like a place to sleep and not be walking the roads with my passport, my backpack, and everything and whatnot. Yeah. And so I came to one place, and I don't know. They like, they brought they walked me in. I would have been the only person staying there. They seemed to be a legitimate like hostel business, or whatever the case may be. But I don't know. Something really came in my spirit. Like they're gonna try and set me up, and like I never had that before. Like I'm not. That's You're not, not a scary where my. That, yeah. That's not where I. That's not where my mind typically goes, right? But there's just something about just the eye contact and the body language and the vibes and everything where I realized like, you know what? So they brought me to my room, didn't even sit on the bed or anything. Like once I made a read of my vibe and whatnot, just got up and left and whatnot. And so who knows what that could have turned into. Too, Maybe yeah. I was tripping about nothing, but it is important to follow your gut, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to lay your head down somewhere where you don't feel good closing your eyes. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I know that's extreme. Let me just say, most people who are starting off backpack will not do what you just did, be in South Salvador and be like, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. Um, yeah. But but I do think I do think that there is, backpacking is an array of different things. It is a prolonged stay somewhere other than your home where you take, carry all of your possessions with you and move from place to place to experience a new place. And that can look a lot different. There are people who backpack lux, okay? Yeah, there are people sure. who are going sure. to five hundred dollars. That's not me, because mm -hmm. that's not how I can save my little coins. But um, yeah. but some people are spending nights at like really nice establishments. And let me just say, I'm lying because after that trip, I realized that I like if I'm going to travel for a prolonged period of time, I would actually like to settle somewhere for a prolonged period of time versus having to live out of my backpack, not really be able to unpack my stuff and hang them. And like, yeah, I guess yeah. it's like I really want to settle somewhere. And so if I do travel, I would probably like rent an apartment for a long like three months or something and stay in I that thought, one spot. I and thought about I thought about doing that in Utila, Honduras. Let me shout yes. out first of all. Let, we got to go into shout out motherfucking Utila, Honduras, <laughs> yo. Oh my God. It's an island off, the, off the mainland. It's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Give a super quick rundown about Honduras. Um, I actually had a cousin who lived in Costa Rica at the time that I went backpacking. And this is a guy bigger than me, ex-CFL, like, like he's he's a real deal and everything like that and that I, over the course of three years that man's never set foot on Honduran soil he's like i'm not playing no games with them like oh. there's a lot of murder and killing and whatnot kind of the same like el salvador really like there's mm -hmm. a lot of areas in that region but he was terrified of it and when i told him i was going that was another <laughs> shaking of the head from a family member it's just like yeah Jesus, like fam kids. no yeah exactly <laughs> whatever but let me go. First of all, shout out the whole country. Amazing yes, beautiful. Amazing stories and everything in Honduras. Um, 
but yeah um went to an island there called utila it's kind of uh it's a backpacker's hidden gem you know like a lot of people don't know about it as a destination spot or whatnot but it's actually the cheapest place in the world to scuba dive um which wow. i did after learning how to swim <laughs> for the first time in my life on that trip um saw whale shark there like that's a video like i have on my instagram saw amazing amazing experiences a small island beautiful people um amazing energy and everything like that um i can't even remember honestly why I, why i went into a what was i talking about honduras they're talking about, talking about danger following your gut oh yeah so this is pretty much just you know what i mean just like rolling your dice and whatnot because i generally went into honduras with a I still was going to do it, but I did have a, a certain anxiety built based on like everything other people saying and all the warnings. And, you know, you look up the stats and, you know, they have multiple cities in the in the top murder cities of the world. All of those cities, which I've been to and I'm still here and I'm fine and you no know, encounters and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It, it, it's hard. Like, I don't want to I don't want to act naive and act like bad things can't happen 100% like for instance when I'm in El Salvador I don't even know if I told you about this story I'm in El Salvador and at one point it's just a truck a pickup truck in the back filled with dudes with guns just filled with dudes with guns like gang members or whatever and they looked at me I looked at them they went about their business and whatnot like but the threat is real like things could potentially happen and whatnot um but I don't know, like, definitely, like, if you're looking to be scared, like, you know what I mean? Like, I have family members who are terrified about Canada, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if if you're going to the right media sources, you're going to be scared of anything, wherever and whatnot. Like, people are people everywhere, you know what I mean? People, we all want to yeah. be good to other people. We want to love and be loved, and we all want to laugh and smile and whatnot. And I don't know, you can definitely try your best to stay out of the dangerous areas and use your gut instincts and you can do what other people would think is incredibly dangerous, have a great time. Utila Honduras ended up being like one of my favorite spots on my entire backpacking trip. I stayed multiple weeks in like a rural farm in Honduras, like on the mainland or whatnot. Had an amazing time there. Was living, I, I don't know, I was just living a farm boy life. I was riding a horse whenever I wanted, milking That's cows, dope. like all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, shout out to that family out there. I honestly feel terrible. I can't remember their first names there's pretty much these two americans who i guess they're kind of there on like an evangelist type of mission because they take a bunch of um kids that were just like orphans or whatever the case of raised yeah. over like 50 kids or whatnot wow um and they were on work away like that's how i found out about them and whatnot so they take extra hands on the farm and whatnot and it was cool they're doing some amazing stuff been there for over 30 years and whatnot um okay. probably the only white people in rural honduras over the whole country and whatnot but they're doing they're doing god's work out there so shout out to them shout out to them Ooh, i'm not gonna have no comment on that but listen it, get, it gets tricky i think i already know it gets tricky but <laughs> I, I i'm vouching for them i might not vouch i'm not uh, vouching necessarily for everything but Vouching You're vouching for them. For them. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I guess this is coming from a person who used to be very conservative Christian who now looks at Christianity as being weaponized against pe poor or people and used to oppress mm -hmm. poor or people. So I always have a side eye 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perpetual <laughs> side eye all the time. So so anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. Um mm. um but I do I will say they, they they didn't go there directly connected to religion. Like I put out okay. the word evangelist. Okay, okay, okay. I don't like I think it was honestly just a calling of their heart type of thing, right? Like, to help people. I think they went people. out there, seen some things and then established themselves there and tried to help as many kids who would otherwise just be in the streets and whatnot. Got like some you. of the guys that okay. I met. Their brothers got killed in gang violence and whatnot. They don't have any family or whatnot, so it's yeah. Like, right? So they're providing them with a better life. I I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Um, yeah. I don't remember what you were saying, but I would love to go to Utila. Utila is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Utila. Yeah, Utila. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm surprised you never went. I remember. I went to remember... Roatan. That's that's when I went to Honduras. I only went to Roatan, and then I flew I have a crazy to. Story about Roatan. What I happened? Have a crazy, crazy. If I if, if I'm it's gonna take some time. I might as well. Whatever. We here. Yeah. We right. here. Why not? Why not? You can chop it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's so let's go through this. So um pretty much um I'm with a friend in Utila and we decide that we're gonna go to um Costa Rica. But at the time that we we're there, Nicaragua was in a civil war. Yeah. Ninety percent of the roads were blocked and whatnot. I was really disappointed because Nicaragua was actually. The top destination for me in Central America. Yeah. That's where I wanted to go the most. Um it's beautiful. Beautiful. So I left Utila. We left Utila, Honduras, went to Roatan, Honduras, where the airport is and whatnot, and had a couple days and whatnot before we caught the flight. Um, long story short, go to catch the flight. I actually miss the flight. I get into this whole ordeal and whatnot because I still feel like I should have been able to board the flight. It was like an hour. I was like, okay, I'll even accept my bags might come late, but can't board the plane with 50 minutes left of departure. I found that strange or whatnot. Um, was able to talk to the airline, was able to get another flight a few days later. So we're thinking, awesome. So we actually get more time to like explore Roatan, love the island and everything. It looked beautiful. So took the extra time. Um, one, one of those days I'm sitting on a bench, um, by the beach, my friend, I don't even know where they are and whatnot, but I'm just by myself. I'm just chilling. I'm looking at the ocean, just relaxing and vibing. And a local came up to me. And normally I'm usually very sociable, especially when I'm backpacking and whatnot. But on this particular day, I, I was kind of like defensive. I didn't want someone to like hustle me. I didn't really, you know what yeah. I mean? But I decided whatever, like I had a conversation with him. We were chopping up. He talked about him working and like um, tourism and whatnot, but he didn't sell me into anything at all. It was just probably a 15, 20 minute conversation out of thin air. And when it was all sudden and done, we just went separate ways and whatnot. Didn't think anything of it. So now it's time to catch the second flight, go there early, going through the whole booking process, everything like that. I go through my passports all clear and whatnot. I'm looking behind and I'm seeing my friends held up. I'm wondering like what's going on so you know I don't want to leave them behind I go up to the to the desk with them and whatnot and turns out their visa was expired then because I brought myself in the situation which obviously I wasn't going to leave them behind regardless but now that brought attention to me oh my visa's expired right so now there's this whole thing like we got to pay this fine which I was so mad about because I was starting to get to my last dollars I was closing out the last part of my trip and whatnot already have to unexpectedly pay for a flight to fly over Nicaragua and whatnot. We have to yeah. pay a fine, a few hundred dollars, but we can't do it at the airport. We have to go to a bank. So now shit. So we're going to miss this second flight now, but 
we overstayed our visa and whatnot by one day. It is what it is. Got to do what we got to do. So I look up a map to get to a bank nearest bank, which was probably over 10 kilometers away or whatever. So we have our entire bags fully geared up. I have like a sweater and pants on because I'm thinking I'm going to be cold on the plane and whatnot. So we're walking in Honduran heat for all this time, tired, annoyed, wondering what's going to happen. We're going to get another free flight, yada, yada, get to the destination where the bank's supposed to be. And it's like an abandoned fruit market. If that there's just like, like wooden pillars in the ground. And like, I'm assuming they're like zinc slate roofs and whatnot. Yeah. Like they probably just sell fruits there or whatnot. There's nothing there. We're in the middle of nowhere. The whole time I'm walking up, I'm wondering like, when is a bank just going to be here? Cause this is now like really, <clears throat> this is nothing. Just following a dirt trail and whatnot. Um, so fast forward or whatever, don't know what to do. Just keep walking and, you know, get to another town and then, start talking to people and whatnot and i know spanish so that helped a lot so turned out like if we kept going for quite some time we'd get to the other what feels like the other side of the island and there's some banks there so there's two banks i'm told there's two banks go to one bank it's very busy and whatnot it started it's not dark but it's like four or five p.m it's going to get dark we don't have a hostel we weren't prepared to stay it's just it's a it's a shit show it's a mess at this time so see the whole lineup at the first bank. I'm like, all right, might as well try, try the second bank. We go there. It's just as busy, but all right. So now we're in the bank. We're just waiting. It's a whole bunch of locals. I haven't seen tourists at all since we left the airport, right? Um, whole bunch of locals and whatnot. Um, but for people who don't know, Honduras has darker skinned people who I honestly believe a ship dropped some people off in like Roatan sure. and dropped some people off in Jamaica because like... I saw some people where I'm like, that guy in Jamaica, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. even the, even the Creole that they speak and whatnot is very similar to Patois and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't even really notice them. I'm just there. And then somebody's like, Hey, and I look and it's the same guy that, you know, I met like when I was on the bench and we just had that random conversation. So we were just like, Hey, like, what's up? Like, just whatever talking. And then there's another guy that's there. And so we're talking to English and whatnot. Everyone's kind of looking at us, but whatever. You know the black vibe and the connection. We're just we're just doing our thing and whatnot. And then another guy starts talking to us, like he knows English too and everything like that. Just like, hey, crazy. So we just start having conversation, yada yada. I mentioned I'm from Canada. He says he spent some time in Canada. We talk different like cities and provinces and everything that he's been to. And then we just keep talking. I don't remember the exact order of things, but you know, he started asking me some questions, and then he was like. Like, oh, how old are you? And then at that time, I think I'm like 21 or something, whatever. However old I am, I'm like, I'm 20, let's say. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's great. It's like, I have a son. Like, he says he has two sons in Canada, but he's like, he has one son. Like, that's the same age as me and everything. I'm like, oh, cool. Yada, yada. Start talking more. Then he mentioned, I mentioned I'm in university. He mentions his son's in university and whatnot. And he mentions, he's like, he's like yeah, my son goes to university in Kitchener. Um, obviously for the Canadian people, especially the people from like Laurier and UW, whatnot, you'll know Kitchener is very close to where I go to university in Waterloo. And so I'm like, I pretty much go, like I go to university there too. Cause I'm sure he just doesn't know the exact details. Kitchener and Waterloo are like side by side, like minutes apart type of thing or whatever. And then pretty much I'm starting to realize like, well, like, like who is this? This is insane. Like, you know, he has a son that probably goes to university right around me, whatever. He asked me my name. And I say, Jamal, of course. And then he looks at me like his eyes change and everything like that. And he's like, 
My son's name is Jamal. And Evan, I swear to God, I can't believe how I didn't realize it the whole time. I was speaking to like one of my good, good friends who has the same name as me, goes to the same university as me and everything like that. I'm speaking to his fucking dad in a random bank in Rotan. And I'm like, I know you're like, I'm friends. Not just I know who he is or anything. Like I'm actually like, like friends, friends, friends. like with your son or whatever. And it was like a crazy or like, he was like crying and so happy. He was like, oh my God. Like just freaking out every, we're like walking. Now we're just like, on his hit now we're just hanging out the whole time yeah so friend and everything and like you know we're like getting bears he's getting me bears i'm getting him bears he's like telling everybody he knows like on the street like about this he's like this is my son's friend this that the other that is it's crazy so weird. it's crazy okay. shout out to jamal because you know he's definitely another super sociable out there guy and whatnot and honestly the apple doesn't far far from the tree because yeah, his, his dad dad's the like... same way just walking down the street just talking to everybody and knows everybody and whatever jamal's the same way and whatnot and yeah i was actually able to facetime jamal he was like working at a club at that time and like went on break and whatnot and able to facetime his dad and whatnot and it was just a crazy experience and so remember like um don't know what's going on like just paid her fine like throughout this ordeal and whatnot don't have a hostel don't have anything and whatnot mm-hmm. ends up being that jamal's dad has like cousins or whatever so end up going to like a hotelish type of thing end yeah. up being like in his area hanging out we're going to the bar together he's introducing me to everybody it honestly felt like it was crazy because it felt like i was in jamaica like yeah personalities the way people look the way people talk but also like the vibe like you know we're going to certain spots like eating chicken you got the speaker playing on the side everyone's just vibing and it was yes. crazy it, it was honestly crazy because it really felt like i was in jamaica but that's Something one of my craziest that stories oh. But it? Something about that blackness. Something like, about it. Just Something black about people it. just be yeah. amazing. I'm not yeah. saying nobody else's, but I'm just saying it's yeah. just no. is amazing. The energy no, hits different. The, the, the energy and the vibe hits amazing. different. Amazing. Yes. So y'all got on the plane? Did y'all get on the plane after that and had yeah, a place so to stay? That was actually really sad. So now I'm like with my friend's dad on some crazy shit, but yeah. was able to schedule another flight and it was for the next day. So it didn't even get to spend much time. I mean, we spent yeah. the whole night. I got so drunk and like woke up a few hours later, rushed back to like yeah. catch the plane and whatnot. But like that story, like what's so crazy about it was how many things needed to happen for, for that to... story to happen. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even like one detail, like I always talk about is like if I didn't have that conversation with that dude, like on the bench and whatnot, we would have both been in the bank. He wouldn't have felt, or even if I talked to him a little harsh and just like annoyed or whatever, he yeah. wouldn't have felt comfortable to be like, to hey, like what's up and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we didn't spark a conversation speaking in English, which Jamal's dad knows English and now it's just, it's a curiosity thing and da da da, whatever. I could have been shoulder to shoulder with my friend's dad and, and never, never know. have known and never had that experience. Had to miss a couple flights for that to happen. Had to get the visa to be overstayed and whatnot yeah. i didn't even get caught like i was about to board my flight i would have been gone i would have been to costa rica but my friend got stopped and then i went to see the situation and help out and then you know what i mean even for instance the bank if the bank was where it was supposed to go yeah no and if you would have stayed at the first one and if you would have stayed at the first bank it, yeah. it, it's honestly one of those stories like Serendipity, i honestly chalk yes. it up to god like yeah it's just like 
it feels destined. It really felt yes. ordained. Like, yes. no, no, you're going to meet your friend's dad there. There's no choice yes. or anything like that, right? And it's I'm insane. sure that if you would have went any other time, like made those flights, that maybe something not as good would have happened too. So I'm, yeah. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. That is and awesome. That's a cute story. <laughs> it's one of those things too, because I was so, and I have a really tough skin for shit going wrong, but mm -hmm. at a but certain point, seem... I was pissed. I was just like, yeah. what's going on? And Especially when it's with having... money. No, yeah, it's, it's, when it's, it's with money, money it's like, Time, money, just ooh, child, that make me upset, big man. Yes. Yeah, going down the drain and everything, but no, it was incredible. Like that night was one of the best nights I ever had. Like going to the pool bar, playing pool with so many guys, him introducing me so many people. Like it was amazing. And then it's just a powerful. It's mm -hmm. powerful, you know. It's a I mean? powerful so, story. Yeah. It's a powerful. Oh, that is so nice. Oh, that is yeah. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's one of my things. Like when I talk to people, like especially about you know. I was talking like like my whole brand, everything kind of revolves around this idea. But I always talk about like life's infinite ocean of unknowns, and I always have like a very optimistic way of like saying like, give the universe a chance to be good to you. Like I'm not even yes. one of those super raw raw. I know sometimes I can come on super raw raw positive or whatnot, but it's just honestly I've had so many experiences with things like you honestly don't know where the world is going to take. You don't know how much your life can change. You don't. Yes. We don't know. We like to pretend like we know, but we really don't be knowing. So go out there, live a courageous life, be willing to have conversations with people, even if you don't see what's the point. Be willing to try new things. Be yeah. willing to go to places that, you know, like I didn't know anything about Central America when I went. I was supposed to go to South America. I don't oh. know if I even told you that. No, I didn't know that. We were supposed to go to Colombia. Like that was always a plan to like, go through South America, whatnot. As I'm booking the flight to go to Colombia, I see a deal to Belize for like $120, like one way. And I was just like, what? I had to take yeah. that. I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know anything about, oh, we're not call it. I should have been do not disturb. I didn't know anything about Belize. I didn't know anything about like Central America or anything like that at all, but took the gamble, said, hey, I'll figure it out. And had some crazy stories come out of it for sure. That is dope. That is really dope. Yeah, one hundred and twenty dollars mm -hmm. one way is is nothing. Like mm -hmm. Canadian, that's Canadian, nothing. nothing. That's nothing. nothing. Yeah. That is nothing. That's awesome. And so, yeah, I think even though you should definitely, I, did you ever get to Colombia? No, but I'm. I promise you, I'm like the amount of times people have talked about it. I've met people who've gone there. You've gone to Colombia too, have you? Cartagena is like my favorite. I, yeah. You ever? So the intro to Beauty and the Beast, she dancing and singing and doing all this stuff in the beginning. I feel like when I'm walking the streets of Cartagena, <laughs> I'm in a musical. Like I'm in a yeah. Disney musical. It is like, like magical. The energy, the vibe, the passion of the people, the colors. It is just, I don't know anything. I like warm weather too. So it's really hot and there's yeah. beaches and just, I just love it. And then there's like a maroon community right outside of Cartagena where like the, I think one of the oldest or first black people who escaped enslavement decided to build their own and it's called palenque it is dope you can no meet way. this guy it's that. so dope like the afro-colombian culture is everything it influences 
it permeates every part of Colombia. And so I just, I just absolutely loved it. And so I definitely think that's a, that's actually a great place if someone is looking to travel, maybe a little bit off the beaten path. And when you were talking, I was just thinking, I was thinking that we don't have sometimes the same reservation about European nations, for instance, people are very quick to go to somebody's Europe and do a backpacking study abroad, something like that, without the same reservations. Now, mind you, Paris had its time of political unrest where its own people were protesting and tearing stuff up. And then not only that, many major cities in Europe were having multiple terrorist attacks before COVID-19. They was um, stadiums for Ariana Grande concerts were blown up. Other things were happening all over because of just um, a lot of reasons. I'm not even going to go into that. But the way those things were portrayed versus at the same time, France was having its stuff going on, the warnings that were going on towards travel to Haiti and how they were having also political unrest because the people were dissatisfied with the government. You should hear how the narratives are portrayed. And I'm just saying there is a method to the media's madness in the way that it communicates where you should go, what places are safe, what places are dangerous. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. So when you think about things, I just want you, if you're thinking about backpacking, are you thinking about even traveling a little bit more? Um, No one has to do six months somewhere. If you can't do that first, I think a a two week trip, a one week trip is is going to be good as getting your feet wet. Um, But if you're thinking about where to go, I do think, something happens in places where people don't have much as much as the West and it transforms your life. I don't, I don't know how to explain it better than that. And I also would say, if you're afraid to go into a place that people don't have as much, be mindful that you've been indoctrinated to believe that some places are better than tra- to travel than others when they got their own crap too. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Exactly. And so those are good. Those are very good points. Right. And there's definitely like, like Europe gets all the attention like for backpacking and whatnot. It's a very beaten path and whatnot. I haven't experienced it. I only have been to Iceland and Europe, but I'm sure like I've met so many people who've done it and a hundred percent is a great time or whatnot, but don't neglect the rest of the world. Like my roommate went to Southeast Asia. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Which Amazing, is cheap and beautiful. <laughs> cheap, so affordable. Like if mm-hmm. thinking about backpacking anywhere, beautiful and like like I said, people are people everywhere. Like, you're like, of course, there's rough areas and whatnot, and there is crime and all these sorts of things. But really, like, one thing I really took away from backpacking, you know what I mean, and I feel everybody would when you have that sort of travel experience, is that mm-hmm. we have a whole lot more in common with each other as humans in general than we're often trained to think and you know yeah. believe Haiti's super dangerous and the people out there are just gonna be out to get you or this that the other everybody would love to meet new people share mm-hmm. laugh smile you know if people came out to canada i would love to show them toronto and show them the be- everybody wants to show off their pride of where exactly they stay yes and so be open to travel anywhere honestly you might really yes. find some hidden gems definitely a lot cheaper and whatnot and yeah yeah And you brought up something that triggered something in my mind, because I do want to say everyone is, we we have more in common than differences. And I want to say for people who might not always have the opportunity to dream, do not have the luxury to think big. Um, And I would say that's a lot sometimes for black and brown people. Um, Sometimes the, the mindset is work hard, 
retire and then you can live your life kind of. And um, even as honestly, even even travel sometimes seems like to be I'm gonna be straight. It seems like a white people luxury sometimes yeah. um, because it seems like you might have excess money that 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 group of people might have excess money. But I want to say for black and brown people, I think it's something that is so life changing that everyone deserves an opera. If you can figure out how to prioritize it in your life, it's worth the expense. It's worth the cost. And mm-hmm. that might mean shifting because I think there's some people who can have it all. They got enough money to have it all. They got enough time to have it all. So they can they can buy their favorite things and go traveling. And so if it means that you have to prioritize travel over certain other things to get that experience, I know it'll be well worth it and make the life that you live on an everyday level so much sweeter, so much richer, so much better. And one of the ways, like Jamal said, like one of the ways I really agree with you, like getting finding places that might be less expensive. So even if backpacking in Europe is popular, it might not be as cheap as Southeast Asia or um, or other Central developing America nations. Central America, Central yeah. America is cheap. Four dollar hostels. Exactly. I'd I, I be in the trenches. I ain't gonna lie. When I'm backpacking, ooh. you you be it. I like a little bit of class in my house. Oh, I, okay. I like oh, a little I, bit of luxury. I, I love the trenches, man. I, I love. love I love. I'll pay a two dollars more to get myself a free breakfast, or if you <laughs> might have free breakfast. Excuse me, but in Central America, literally my room was like 12 or $11 every night. And when I say the beautiful, beautiful, newly renovated, it was newly renovated in a colonial home. So it was just like beautiful. Everything was fine. And they had all these like, there are some, you could do your research. There are hostels that have all of this like um, functionality to each room. So they'll have curtains on your bed. They'll have plugs and lights so that you can have your little own cubby in the bed versus like and i'm not saying other places but the more modern ones have a lot of amenities so you'll feel very 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 comfortable even though you're sharing a room with a bunch of people um and and they'll have locked cabinets so it'll be like nice so you can save money for sure the experience is worth it especially if you're trying to figure out a way to do that and also you count in your coins so <laughs> for sure and, and one one other point before i switch gears because this mm-hmm. is something i completely forgot to even mention mm-hmm. um be willing to explore things off the internet you will yes. save so much money yes Take time if you have a taxi driver, a local taxi driver, talk to him hey do you know mm-hmm. any hostels mm-hmm. oh i want to go to this volcano do you, when you use local networks especially in those countries things will go a lot further first of all people will write out for you more people will be because it's like that all the time like if yeah. ebina says hey jamal i got a friend coming to toronto da, 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 i'm gonna show way more effort and attention to detail and go, be willing to go out the way than you know say if it was just my job and someone walked in exactly walked in exactly and then also prices go down drastically when you move off the internet like um central america there is some sort of constraint on like how much information is available on the internet and whatnot compared to say like say europe but even what's there everything is inflated drastically and yeah. if you go buy internet stuff they'll take the money no problem right like that's no yeah, they'd be like oh 70 dollars for this excursion sure sure no problem <laughs> exactly exactly so Go off the grid a little bit. Explore when you're traveling. Like, yeah. Honestly, my my biggest resource was I like to talk to people. Like, that will go I'm a long at a way. Store, I'm at a bakery. I'm at wherever. Just having small conversations with people will make your trip 
more rich you'll feel better you'll be more sociable but it also put you in better positions to to have a good time and whatnot and to do it affordably that's dope that's that's wise that's wisdom right there (laughs) no no it's serious serious you're no and that's why i think your personality is such an asset but anybody can do it even if you're not as um gregarious or warm and welcoming as Jamal anybody can do it you can you can you'd be surprised honestly also because you're in some place different and don't nobody know you you can be whoever you want to be nobody Mm -hmm. is holding you to the person that people expect you to be back at home and Mm -hmm. so you'll have this liberty to even do things that are out of your comfort zone so if you want to be the fun guy the party animal that's not normally what you are (laughs) you could turn into that when you're traveling about again because you be you can more and then that's why i I definitely that's why i think travel really helps you be your best self because Mm -hmm. even if you're not the type to go up to people in Toronto and say hello or infinitely like where I'm at and just start sparking up a conversation. Something about this environment, especially if you find other people that are doing that, you pick up that habit. It really will change who you are. So Seriously. I will stop. I will stop. <laughs> I mean, because let me just also say, I, I'm a person who believes in therapy, reading books, personal development, all things. And Ooh. travel is like warp speed of growth. Like just, you had issues, go on a vacation, okay? (laughs) Backpack, you had an issue, put yourself in a, just open your heart to have like, to to honestly have those things challenge. And I'm telling you what you've been struggling with for five years, somehow, Five days or five weeks will something will like you'll be a different person. That's all I got to say. I know I'm I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm None just like it. that's I'm why like, you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> it's where it's at. And I I do have a confession. Would I backpack oh. again? Wow. Not the you way I was it. doing it before. No, because I got my taste is elevated too much. <laughs> I went to, yeah, I, I just my taste is elevated. I like spa tubs in my room. Okay, wow. I love my own private villas <laughs> with a pool. Listen, of everybody, pack. this is a woman with a full mortgage. Okay, listen for all our <laughs> fellow broke university students. Don't listen to this. Don't right listen now. to me. When I was thirty, I could live that life. Now I'm thirty four, and I'm like. Mm-mm. You deserve it, bro. You deserve ice it. Ice me, live ice that, me out. That's what I'm. Li- li- live that life. Live that life. That's My what I'm like. Yeah, your time is coming. I just <laughs> once I had a little bit of taste of it, I said, "Oh, I can't do it at all. I can't." I yeah. think the last time was in 2019. I did a hostel in um, Dominican Republic, and I was like, "I'm good on these after this. I'm good." Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't even as nice as my nicest one. It was just, it was nice, but it was. I was like, "I'm good on these. I'm." I'm I'm good. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I was in a room with a man by myself and it was just us two. And granted, he was a very nice man, but I just was freaked out a little yeah. bit because it was just us two. And I just was like, I'm good on these after that. Yeah. That's not that's not a problem. That's not to say anybody else does not. Everybody should do those things. Those are great. But mm-hmm. I do have to admit that I do travel differently now as um, a big oh because my paycheck allows me to let me just say that yeah a paycheck yeah. and I also I also travel with other people too before mm-hmm. I was committed to solo traveling and hostels really do help with that but now mm-hmm. because I travel with other people it really does I I'm if I'm sharing a villa with one other person then instead of spending 
I'm not a, a couple of hundred dollars a night then I'm spending half of that. Okay. So, but you yeah. also, I know flight deals and I know hotel deals and I know how to travel off season yeah. and do all the things. So I will oh, talk yeah. about all that stuff. I definitely got to be yeah. plugging that in. So Ebena does have deals on flights or whatnot. She definitely has a lot of stuff going out for to- you guys who are trying to be, you know, price savvy and everything like that. Ebena makes yes. it easy. I'll definitely attach yes. a lot of her website information and Instagram and everything after all of cool. this so cool stuff sure. yes yes um one thing i also wanted to talk to you about too was like which i found amazing so i'm going i meet this woman ebena and whatnot i think the first time i meet met you i think you're going to take pictures somewhere or whatnot at like one of the chapels mm-hmm. and so whatever we connect see some of the stuff here so instagram wow this is all amazing and whatnot and then i come to the realization or she tells me or whatever a lot of your content is using just an iPhone. And yes. like amazing like and you guys are going to see when you guys go to your Instagram, amazing content, amazing photos, amazing stuff and like I don't know, that was eye-opening for me. Like that was the first time I was really exposed to like if you're determined, you can make some really magical things happen with just an iPhone. How did you get inspired to like did you always know you could do all that stuff with an iPhone? Did you just like talk about that process for you like discovering that? I do think that this is me taking a compliment and turning it to something else, but I would say that I do have room for growth. Just say that. And I do, but I appreciate, I definitely appreciate the compliment. Um, I would say that photography gives you an opportunity to see beauty everywhere. Um, It just helps you to have a perspective to see what is beautiful. And I really like doing that. And so first it just started off more like a hobby. And then because I do love traveling, like I used to, when I was very, very religious, I used to want to go and be a missionary. Okay. So it's not like, (laughs) it's not like traveling is, has been foreign to me. It's always been something that I wanted to add in my life some way, somehow. And then photography just seemed like a great way to capture those moments. However, I wanted it to be like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And the way that anybody could do it is on a phone. And so it really became somewhat part of my brand that like, all you need is a tripod and a cell phone and you can do this yourself. Like I even wrote a like photography guide to be able to do something like this. So I think, I think um, there gets to a certain point where photo quality and what you can do on an iPhone is limited a little bit video, let's say, depending on what phone you have, video quality and how a a platform like Instagram compresses it. But outside of that, the angles, the perspectives, there's waterproof bagging or like uh, encasing for phones. There's all types of things that you can do with a cell phone that doesn't make will allow you to capture the moments that you have when traveling and so and you can do it by yourself because me and my tripod are like this okay <laughs> you can just you call guys, me dora the explorer that's what i think this is giving me dora vibes okay <laughs> now you're switching from the velma now <laughs> no velma dora this is giving me dora the explorer so me and my trusty backpack and tripod just yeah. be killing it yes and cell phones so yes no, that's awesome. I'll definitely share some of the content as well. Like one of my, like probably my favorite picture, except for the one I took of you, which I'm definitely, listen, listen, for all of you guys who've known me before and known how uncreative I used to be, listen, I developed some things. I developed some things off travel that I got into yes. photography when I was traveling. Yes, yes, um, he's a photographer. So my, 
Now I'll take the title now. I'll take the title now. Um, my second favorite photo of you ever was um, I don't know how to pronounce it. It was that hole in Mexico. Is it? Uh, say you tune, su you tune, or something like that. Something say say tune or something like that. It's a cenote. It's a cenote in um um in Mexico. Actually, that I drove by last week. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We well, we were gonna try to go, but actually, we ran out of time. We were supposed to make a yacht trip in closer to Tulum and we were all the way at Chichen Itza and we didn't have time but it's on the path so if you ever want to go anybody it's beautiful just go early and the only thing about it now well he'll probably insert the picture somewhere but the yeah, only thing sure. about it now is that I had the privilege of being there for like 45 minutes by myself which was breathtaking and spiritual and heavenly but now the water level, because of COVID-19 and the lack of maintenance that occurred, the water level is much higher. So it covers that platform. So it's no. not as magical as it was. Yeah. But when I tell you it was a moment, hopefully one day they like repair things or are able to drain it somehow. I'm not yeah, sure what happens, but yeah, you can look up, look at now as I, I forget what it's called. Sui tune or something like that. But yeah. when you look it up, the geo location or the geo tag and Instagram, you'll see a lot of people standing in the water on the platform, which it's, it's not it like Ebena's photo honestly felt <laughs> like God was calling back one of his angels. And like, she was like, like, honestly, when you guys see the picture, you guys are going to know what I'm talking about. And like, I remember you telling me, like, how you took that and whatnot and, like, being by yourself. And you was like, yeah. like, this is not a photo that should be done with one person. Like, I don't know how she managed to pull it off at such a high level. It's amazing. So, <laughs> for anyone out there who wants to get into photography and whatnot, like, believe me, there's real people out here who are doing amazing things with just an iPhone and whatnot. Just go out there and get it. Honestly, that, that's, like, my whole match. Like, honestly, yeah. just go out and get it regardless of what you have yes. or you don't. Yes, and I would just say another thing is that the more I practice, the better I get. I realize that even now my photography will fail and I'm trying to do different things. I used to be moving towards more of like this, I'm a, for lack of a better term, I was trying to be more of like the white woman model of travel bloggers looking backward head on hand uh hat um wind blowing yeah. long dress yeah um iconic building land landmass geography in front of you that was my thing um and so i've i've moved more towards uh like a i don't know this me type of photography especially with COVID-19 I didn't have a lot of places that I was going but what I would do what I would argue is that practicing even if you practice at home practicing is really going to help to improve your craft because when you get if you wait between trips to learn how to take photos you're just not going to get the photos you want it's going to take you a longer time to get the perspectives you just need to practice what you're looking for and how to work become comfortable with your phone and taking pictures with it especially on a tripod yeah for sure for sure and kind of going through something else, like, so, mm -hmm. like, obviously, like, so you have all this content and whatnot, it's on your Instagram, and one thing that I love about how, I mean, even just from your at name, like, beautifully flawed one, like, mm -hmm. you carry such a, a conscious effort to be super authentic and honest and, like, vulnerable, and, like, even I remember, like, some, like, photos, 
you're literally showing your editing process of the photos and showing this is not like how it is. I took this and this. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. From a, from a creative side, it's super inspiring because, you know, you're kind of showing people how you can make incredible things happen. But then even just like a humanity side, like it's amazing that you have this platform, like, you know, like you're an influencer, you got a following and whatnot, very engaged community, but you're bringing out like your authentic self with, all your all your blessings and all your flaws and everything like that like what inspired you to bring such authentic edge to yourself like and be bold like that on the internet it's not easy right like it's not easy to just expose yourself like that like what's inspired you i would say that if i'm going to show up online and this is going to take some time out of my existence instagram does take some time um i am trying to move towards monetizing more so that my time is compensated okay yeah. but and it's not there yet but i do know the investment that i'm putting into instagram i don't know if i can have a level of duplicity or have one life on the gram and one life in person i do think that um i could be even more present online i just know for my own peace of mind i can't do it like i don't post when i'm on vacation because unless I'm on like a backpacking thing, it just can't allow me to be as authentic on trips. So basically what may, moves me to be that way is that I can't, I basically can't live any other way. Additionally, this is an investment and I think I would go crazy if I portrayed an image that wasn't true to who I am. Also, I do think that there is um, something about a person choosing to be as liberated as possible that gives people other people the permission to be liberated and all yeah. i want especially for for black women like i am here for black women in particular dark-skinned black women living their best life i am i thrive when i see people who look like me who are sometimes told that they should minimize himself or shrink or not take up as much space doing the damn thing that's what i love seeing and so we love to see it and so shout out all the dark skin queens out there honestly like we need to take a moment to really shout them out seriously i love that i love that so with that being said i just want to continue to be like for me, my goal is to be a representation. And that's the beauty of social media because it gives you access to people that you don't need mainstream media's uh, approval to get access to those people that might relate closer to you. So when I'm authentic, I feel like I'm being the person that I needed when I was five or six or seven or 12 or like 13 or 15 or whatever, or 20 now. or the person I needed last, <laughs> yes, last yeah. week. So, so I yeah. think all of the transparency does help me to, to, be myself and live fully because I kind of see my Instagram as like less now, but maybe I'm going to move back towards that, like bring it full circle. But before it used to really be a diary for me, that's what I felt mm -hmm. like it was um, a public diary granted, but a, a diary nonetheless. And um, now I, I think, and I think that is therapeutic for me, but then also someone again, living authentically, regardless of your background, but for people who look like me, who might relate to me even more, it, I think it gives them permission to be, to be free in themselves as well. And I love, I love that. Mm -hmm. And like that resonates strongly with me because 
that's definitely something like as I'm starting all of this and going about my blog and going about these videos, that's something like I'm trying to bring to the light as well. Like I love that idea of like giving other people the permission to like mm-hmm. be themselves, live their mm-hmm. lives and stuff like that. Like one yes. of my biggest things, like I'm sure people who are exposed to my material and everything like that, I always support people for like trying new things that you suck at and like yes. enduring the process of sucking at it and trying yes. to get better and everything like that. Like, and so go a lot of my stuff goes hand in hand with like being authentic, being raw, even like what I'm trying to do here, just being very, just raw and authentic and honest and period you know, bringing everything out. Honestly, I think, I think that's a way forward for a society now, like on a, on a bigger scale. It's what connects with people more, what resonates with people more, but it's like, I think a lot of our growth and our progress as a species is really held back by our old archaic ways of not being vulnerable, not being yes. authentic, not being honest and like building all these systems that reward dishonesty, reward being inauthentic, reward all these things. Like I think we got to change all these pillars and like really put society in a position where, okay, we can all be ourselves and yes. grow, you know? Yes. I, that's that's everything i and i also i also appreciate your optimism so i love it i love it i think that's no i i I think that's real i think that's real i think that will i don't know if you hear my dog making this noise i'm sorry are you all good stop stop Why you gotta show your dog to the cab is it a boy or girl it's a boy oh my god he's an old grandpa hold on one second introduce his old ass okay let him not stop doing this this thing so he's a grandpa this is my little chihuahua <laughs> you you would have a chihuahua <laughs> he's a grandpa and it's my chihuahua and, I, and 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 he um he's like so old and he's like why are you doing this to he's me like, lady yeah like leave me alone all the time what's going on but i know i know so my <laughs> at my face um my um my parents normally, my, well, my mom in particular, and my my niece and my nephew are the ones who watch him when, um, oh, all up my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but he comes in here and he's like coughing. Who does that? He's he's minding his own business, but when he comes in here, he decides yeah. to make all this background noise. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the do your background vocals. Come on. I know. Man. I know. I'm, I'm like come on so that's my little little man and this we that's all that him and i we live here and um it's great because i travel during COVID 19 and so then i can like isolate when i come home and it's great because <laughs> it just you got your little homie yeah it's yeah you want to talk about it a little bit so like what's that like like you traveling throughout COVID? because so for me like i had plans i had a co-op job um this summer um yeah. ended august 21st and i had planned like i'd reached out to a friend i was supposed to go to africa for the first time and go to nigeria and fortunately never happened because of covid and whatnot yeah and then so i was thinking okay you know what i want to finish this school year and whatnot so i'll be done at the end of april graduating and everything and i'm hoping to travel but covid is still very much a very real thing and whatnot so like how like what was your experience like being in mexico like were you able to live your life? Did it? Did you feel the presence of COVID while you were there? So, 
My background also is in healthcare. I'm a nurse. I do work in health tech. So it is a little bit different than bedside nursing. And so I don't think I have a cousin who is a physician who works in the UK on the front lines. And she has a very different perspective than I do about travel and all those things. She actually encouraged me um, to stay home. So Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to say that my perspective is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I just want to say for people who might travel shame, People's livelihoods depend on travel. A large portion of GDP is dependent on travel. And so I'm not trying to say that it makes an excuse for people to do so irresponsibly, but I do think that at a certain point, a government or people have to decide either COVID-19 itself, the virus is going to kill us, or the lack of revenue as a result of shutting down our economy is going to kill us. And I am not... (laughs) This sounds real pro-Trump, right? I'm not. I'm not. Please. Please (laughs) forgive me. I think America does have the luxury to to do different things. Certain certain other nations maybe don't have the luxury to shut their countries down from tourism when like 20%, like I went to Tanzania, 20%, well, close to 20%, 17 or 18% of their GDP is based off of tourism. You can't take nearly one-fifth of your economy and just it not exists and think that people are going to survive. That's hard. So anyway, yeah. I just want to preface all of that with that. Yeah. When it's COVID-19 in Mexico, actually Mexico was one of the places I did not want to go to. Too many people were going and I thought that that was actually not a safe move. So oh. let me just tell you that. I only went because I don't like traveling alone anymore and my good girlfriends were all going for New Year's Eve and I was like, well, damn. <laughs> yes, I'm going to Mexico. And so yeah. I made it work. It was great. It was a great um, time. And these are some of the reasons why I didn't want to go to Mexico. Mexico does not require testing, even really? though testing is only good for the moment in which you get tested. Get so testing. at that point yeah. that you get tested, you do not have COVID-19. But after you leave the building, you can get COVID-19, get, yeah. which makes that test null and void. But anyway, they don't require any testing. Um, they don't really have much of a screening process at the airport. I don't remember any real screening process. They might've asked me a question and I might've got a temperature check, maybe. Wow. Don't remember, but it wasn't anything really. Um, and then there are in the like tourism corridor, I guess, which is like the Riviera Maya, I believe that's what it's called, Cancun, um, all like down to Tulum or other places in the Yucatan. Basically, there's tons of tourists and it's crowded, especially during New Year's. So mm. I wish I took a video of this street party that I was at. Um, <laughs> and at a certain point, I was like, I'm, I can't do this, y'all, no more. I'm a little scared. I'm just scared yeah. there's too many people. So no, people were like this. It was like almost normal. Okay. Mexico is not feeling it. Mexico and and to be or honest, at least with the you, area. Mm-mm. Let me just say, Mexico is doing what it needs to do, and I'm sure that yeah. certain places, um, all the waiters, wait, hospitality staff wear masks. Um, but I remember being at this place. I forget what it's called. Taboo in Tulum. It's very popular, like restaurant for dining. You. The people was ma- the masks that the people were wearing were like kind of clear face guard things. It's loud there, so you talking close to the waiter. Yeah, it's like if you have fears, I don't. I think you can travel in a way. Let me just say that I think you can travel in a way where you're doing so responsibly, so you can 
get tested beforehand. Try to isolate beforehand so that your test is actually accurate. When you take your, your trip, you can do protective measures like, for instance, socially distance at the airport, wipe down high touch surfaces, put a plastic kind of cover over your passport because TSA does take that, or excuse me, the security people take that. I don't know what y'all got in the, um, Canada. They take that and then you can wipe that down, get a bin liner if you're really cautious, wipe down your seats when you get into the airplane um, and get like a I-95 mask if you need that. So, or even just a surgical mask. Let me not oh, The whole protocol that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could do all that. You could do all yeah. that. Then when you actually get on vacation. I wrote like a little newsletter about this. That's why I know that when you get on vacation, you can choose to go to places that are implementing COVID-19 policies like masks, frequent testing, maybe for the personnel that work there, as well as lower capacity so that you feel like you're having a socially distanced trip or do things private. Mm -hmm. I would say that if you're going to a place where they test, it's, it's, it's not saying that the people don't have it, but like a place like Jamaica is doing a really good job and it's not fail proof. It's not perfect. Their numbers are increasing since they had the country reopened to tourism, but what they doing is tracking. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal. I would recommend anybody go to Jamaica if they're thinking about a place in their big little up, Big up, big yes. up, big up, big up, big up, boom, the boom, system, boom, boom, boom. The <laughs> system that they have in place is far better. 20 times better than what America, whatever mess that we're cobbling together. That's why yeah. we have issues. Um, yeah. In Mexico, I would say that even though it doesn't have a large, so they don't have a large number of deaths, but they are third largest in the world in the number of deaths. So it is like, I want to say it's like a hundred thousand or something. I looked it up a couple of wow. weeks ago. So it is a lot, but it's not, I mean, it's nowhere close to Brazil and the United States who are it's, like yeah. leading. And so, but I'm, I'm going to Brazil. So I'm just wow. to be honest, I'm going to go to yeah. Brazil for my birthday. Yeah. Assist found a flight deal. I go to black nations. And so all I'm trying to say is if you have, um, I think traveling when you find it safe is what is best for you, but then figuring out a strategy because traveling is different. It has evolved since COVID-19 has come into place. There's strategies mm -hmm. with that. And other people want to make sure that they're, they have flexible um, flight scheduling so that you can cancel or postpone if need be. Um, mm -hmm. That's always a good thing to have available and many airlines are doing that, but just check and try to book with the airline itself and not a third party because sometimes that gets lost in translation. But outside of that and ways to keep yourself safe, you can just do the socially distancing stuff. I know that what makes my vacations is connection with people. People make a yeah. place. And so if you feel like you won't feel comfortable connecting with the people, even staying six feet apart from them, then maybe traveling for you also is not the best idea right now. But if you just want to get away on a beach, I know Canada is like cold. And um, yeah. you might just want to be in somebody Caribbean blue water. And you might just say, all I need is a cabana and the ocean, and I don't need nobody else, um, then then that could be a trip for you. Some people want to interact with people. So it all depends on what you're looking for and the level of comfort that you have with COVID-19. A place like Mexico, for someone who is scary with the COVID. Don't go. <laughs> I Honestly. mean, I wouldn't recommend it per se, because it's like normal yeah. per se. But yeah. I went to Tanzania, and I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, but I went to oh. um, Zanzibar. People say Tanzania, people say Tanzania, whatever. Um, but, but I went to Zanzibar. They don't believe that COVID-19 can survive there and, and at, at large. Most people say that, and there's a number of different reasons why I would probably say go to an African nation because of um, <sighs> different comorbidities, a lower um, 
so so people don't have the same chronic illnesses as America, a lower um, average age. So people are not as old, a largely outdoor society and um, just different lifestyle in general. People eat differently, which which might contribute to why COVID-19 did not take root and kill as many people as it did in other places. But specifically, that research was found in Kenya in particular because there was a large population with people who had the antibodies for COVID-19, but people wasn't sick. Like yeah. they, so not the same death rates that they were having at Paris with the same amount of antibodies in the population or the same prevalence of the disease in the population. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't asked for all of that. I'm just saying. So there's some legitimacy to like certain African nations being like, it's not just that they not counting. It literally is that people are not dying which yeah. is great. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, and so when I went to Tanzania, same attitude, people wore masks in restaurants and stores and things like that. But for the most part, it was normal, but I wasn't scared yeah. at all. I didn't have the same reservations that I did in Mexico. Cause I was like, it's too many foreigners here. It's too much of y'all in here. And they did, wasn't yeah. tested. And Tanzania doesn't even test either. They basically wow. said we survived Ebola. We survived swine flu. Um, we're not taking money from the IMF and we're not closing down our borders. We're going to make it work. And yeah. they did. They said a yeah. little prayer. The president said a prayer yeah. and they said, we're going to make it work. And they never really closed down. And, and the world Can't looks at you with that kind of resume. Though, exactly. Too, like, you know, like any other country that has judgment, listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> they've gone through some serious viral Ebola. Uh, we did Ebola. So yeah. period. <laughs> and the world turned their backs and they're still here. So, yeah. You know? So, so I just had to say with all of the COVID-19 conversations, I would say, do what is best for you, boo. Stay yeah. informed. There's a lot of people. I'm even writing a little book on how to travel, you know, <laughs> through COVID-19 yeah. for, for your trips during the pandemic or post pandemic, whatever you want. Um, and, and so it'll have a lot more details that but i'm just trying to um shameless plug just trying to help you to understand that there is ways to do it in a way that you feel safe but definitely yeah that was long that was awesome so i feel like we should end with one more topic okay and definitely feel free to talk like let the people hear your voice let them hear you this is your chance right so obviously like i know about this stuff and whatnot like i know that you went had gone back home visited had a whole experience there and yeah i don't know if it was before or was it going back home that inspired you to you know you call it traveling diaspora and whatnot like just freestyle on all of that so y'all i don't know if you could tell but i'm a black woman um <laughs> and i used to i used to like have a really warped perception of myself and i can say that i went to I think it started when I went to Haiti. So I was traveling and traveling does wet your um, palate or wet your appetite for more, for just more in life in general. And so it changed the way that I saw the world and it started to change the way that I saw myself, especially being a woman who is um, like literally an African-American, a child of immigrants from Ghana in America. America is not the kindest place to black people. And y'all might've seen evidence of that this past year with all this stuff, well, in 2020, with all the stuff that was going on regarding to race. And so I just would say that our society shaped who I was and I didn't like who I was. It was an anti-black individual actually. And so as I began to travel, it began to change my mindset about how I saw myself and how I saw other people. And that's how I can appreciate the beauty and the flaws of 
everything. So that's where my handle comes from. And so more and more, I started to visit Black places in particular. And why I didn't put them at the top of my bucket list? One for Ghana, where my family is from, I had been there already and I wanted to see new places. But then for other places, I often felt like I got a lot of publicity or media, like even on social media, the places that people were going to were Southeast Asia, Europe, Central America. I didn't see as many, maybe if they were going to Africa, they were going to like Egypt or South Africa or Morocco. Morocco. Like it's like, it's like, you know, like three, four, five places that are popular on the continent, but outside of that, it's not. And, And there's some reasons why, but I do think that there is so much powerful power. Like when I went to Mexico and I went to that cenote that he thinks is one of my favorite, his favorite pictures of mine, I found it on social media. The power of influencers or people who travel to a place to inspire someone else to go there is, 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 that's why people are paying these influencers thousands of dollars to do what they do because it is unmatched. This marketing, this organic form of marketing is phenomenal. So anyway, I have a revelation that I want to, that that traveling in general is helping me find myself. But then something happens when I go to black places. Mind you, I do want to say that I did spend about like two or three weeks in Europe. And it was cold. And it was white. And I didn't have a good time. Okay. I had some good time, but it wasn't a really great time. And then I realized, and then I did Central America after that. And I really, really enjoy places where people have found value in things that are maybe not money. And I know that everybody would like money. It's a cap. Our world is capitalistic. And I know that people need money, but there is something intangible or something that is priceless about the way that people live and interact with people when maybe they don't have as much. And the same warmth I don't get when I am in Western nation. So anyway, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but some, so, so, so having those experiences in Central America and then starting to, and Central America does have a large portion of the diaspora. Um, I think Belize has a large um, Garifuna yeah. population. Um, so does Honduras. Those are places that people who are, are black or have, are, have heritage from the continent of Africa. Lima, and so Costa Rica too. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. And yeah. so with all that being said, I'm like, okay, these are the places that I want to go to. These are the places I feel most at home. These are the places that are having a lot more self-discovery. And so I've been dying to go to Haiti for a very long time after reading about its um, revolutionary history. Haiti decided that they wasn't going to be um, slaves to nobody. And in like by 18, I want to say 1804, they liberated themselves. They fought the French, the British, and the Spanish and liberated themselves. But say, by basically saying, because I don't know if y'all know this, but Killmonger is my fave. Um, Killmonger and Black Panther was like, I'd rather um, um, die free, essentially. Essentially. Like, I'd rather, if I'm going to live, um, then I want to be free. Otherwise, you can kill me. All right? Like, I'm not trying. And and, and that is the way that Haitians thought. So that's why I rock with Haiti. And I love Haitians. And so I was always wanting to go there. And when I say the the powerful experience that I had in Haiti, Haiti made all of the so what i experienced maybe backpacking in central america over two months which was a short time but because of all of the assumptions people have about haiti and how it disproved them for me and then also the cultural connection when i went there only for about 10 days 
I was doing all these things that was pushing my limits and it just challenged me so much. It's something broke. I don't understand it. I can't put my finger on it. But when it comes to my identity and self-worth, something happened to me. And I'm like, what would happen if I go to more Black places, basically? And so I started to take that like hypothesis that if you travel to Black places as a Black person, something changes you. I took that that idea or that concept and then I started to go to black places and and what another reservation that I had was at the cost like tickets to Central America or certain places and the Central America does have some like I said places in the diaspora but um uh certain places just have cheaper tickets I went to Belgium for 250 round trip like wow. like you know like you can you can you can make it work like I went to uh Malaysia for $400 round trip. So like there are some places that have cheap flights and I could and I was having a hard time finding cheap flights to the continent as well. But that was partially cuz I wasn't looking for it. So anyway, I <laughs> I I said it's going to be worth it to go to less places and have these experiences if that means I get to go to black places. And so then I saved my little coins together, found a ticket to Ghana for like 6 97 which is cheap from us um um east coast and then and then i spent a month and a little change there and loved it and then i just started positioning myself so i could go to other black places and every single time i would say i i say this before in this um little a conversation or dialogue, but it really is a cheat code to self-love. I start to see black people differently. I start to, because I grew up in, I grew up in America completely. I also start to see what it's like to not, to not live in a place where your blackness defines you and that that blackness Ooh. has negativity associated with it people just be like existing Bye. like people exist people exist they just exist granted my life is changing as I move forward because I'm also seeing the disparities of who holds the wealth and places that were occupied by white people who where white people colonized and it is bothering me it's upsetting me and my homegirls that white people tend to still hold most of the wealth and the people that are indigenous to those places and that's everywhere, yeah, that's everywhere. that they don't Shit. hold the yeah. the mechanism of generating wealth or capital yeah. from themselves yeah. they work for other people that are white or or foreigners and so that's upsetting me and my homegirls and we're gonna work on that somehow some way but still the first part just saw that that these people still had this self this sense of like identity worth outside of money and i know that that matters to some degree but doesn't matter but just who they were and how their culture was it just wasn't like I'm black and oppressed as a result of this. Mm -hmm. That happens, but it's just not predominantly like part of their psyche. And there's people in America who say, I'm not a victim and all these things. But America's system is built on oppression and white supremacy, and you can't escape it even if you choose to have a lot of positive thinking about it. Like mm -hmm. you can choose how you react to it and you can navigate through it, but you can't act like it don't exist and the it's not oppressing some people are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's not hurting people yeah. like it's not hurting people and honestly all i'm trying to say is that my heart is now to set people up in a position where i make it easier for them to get to black places so black people primarily to get to black places yeah. and that's why i want to work on flight deals and education surrounding that um but 
our biggest barrier is our mind. And honestly, the biggest weapon of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. And so what I think is that sometimes showing people the lifestyle is is powerful enough, but then also helping to educate people. And some of that doesn't come through like a single post, but it can um, because people do need to see how dope, how amazing these black countries are. And also have options. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Have options about where you want to live and exist. If anybody ever considers living elsewhere, I would say, don't sleep on the dias the African diaspora. Do not sleep on black places because you'd be surprised. You probably yeah. find yourself at home and wouldn't know that. So that was a lot, but all I'm trying to say is like, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> being 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 black, you're you're being a black person um has its challenges. And I think the way you like decode the matrix kind of is by one of the ways is is reading changing the way you think but the way that you think is changed to a number of different things like reading following amazing thought leaders um interacting with like-minded people and travel i would put travel in that i, I say read a book go on a vacation yeah, and yeah. I, I i would put i would put them on the comparable levels because it just will it will it will do something that you cannot categorize i can't even explain it but it'll do mm. something to you if your heart is open and if you go with the perspective that my life is going to change so mm -hmm. and i love i love all that and i love that you're preaching traveling to like black countries or whatnot because that's something that you know you don't really hear often about and like even from black people like for us like more times i'm sure you can relate to it too like we're normally thinking about okay, well, I already go to the said country because that's home. Like, it's not even, we don't even look at it with the same opportunity or marvel that yeah. we look at. Okay, I could be going to, like, Belgium or I can go to Brazil or whatever the case may be. So, like, it's just honestly another way of, like, learning. Like, I think for black people as a whole, we need to, and we are, we're in the process of it, of learning how to celebrate ourselves and celebrate our culture and celebrate our blackness and whatnot. And so... I think that's part of the shift, especially thinking about like black Canadians and black Americans. Yeah. How can we look at some of these countries of the diaspora with the same marvel and the same curiosity and the same interest, or if not more interest, mm -hmm. and we look at essentially the rest of the world. So I love all of that. I love that. And you know, one thing I forgot to mention, honestly, I, build, I, believe, I believe in um, group economics. And I do think Ooh, that um, black people spending <laughs> money with black people is revolutionary. Black people yes. in America, I think, is like a multi-billion. The trap, this travel dollars they spend is multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. And so if you channel that to other black people, you are definitely helping people who look like you um, prosper. And so if you're going to spend the money anyway, why not spend it with other black people? I think it's powerful. I think it's important. And I think it's revolutionary. And I do think, again, that we've been convinced that other places are better to go to. Like you haven't been on vacation unless you've been to Mykonos. Like, but that ain't the case because yeah. there's beautiful sights to see. And I'm not hating on those places. I'm just saying there is something about us 
sometimes that believe that like the white man's ice is colder and that we should spend money with white people. And it's not that there is anything wrong with that, but when we, we have like sometime an inherent disdain for our own, that is, that's problematic. That's it is not, it is not. That, yes, that's generally exactly. something like, mm-hmm. like black people, we tend to have across the board, like whether we like to admit it or not, like we actually have reservations about giving our dollars back to our own community, which I'm pretty like every like cause I like group economics like I love this and I honestly believe yeah. that economics is the key to our liberation. That's yes. that's the only way we can only do it for ourselves through our own actions and whatnot. But every other race seems to have a better sense of group economics than we do, whether it was natural or conscious effort or whatnot. <laughs> Um, and I really think like that's the next key to to our chapter, like to move forward mm-hmm. for us is really getting a grasp on that and and yeah. Whatnot. And I'm not. Let me just be honest with you. If you look at the world, I think COVID and capitalism sucks. COVID has showed us how capitalism does not work for every person. However, capitalism ain't going nowhere no time soon. So yeah. group economics is the way. Like. Our power is in our, our our ability to leverage our money because, yeah, we 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 do have an that is the thing that we have that will talk for us because you cannot depend on the moral conscious. Basically, if nobody you expect, wants to let go of their advantages. Exactly. If you you cannot expect systems that oppress you to liberate you from your oppression. You cannot like that's yeah. all you can get is more comfortable change. That's it. And I think yeah. when you depend on the systems to work for in your behavior, it's the ones that put you here. <laughs> yeah. Make it make sense. Make so your dollars, sense, your dollars are going or your your yeah, dollars. Canadians have dollars too, but you know, like your money, your coin is going to be able especially if we use it together as well as our voting power but you know that's another thing i'm not the biggest advocate for voting i'm i'm about buying politicians just like all the other wealthy groups do <laughs> they buy <laughs> politicians yeah. anyway i digress all i'm trying to say is that we can unify in various ways and small choices that we make really help to raise the tide for all of black people and that can be even with traveling so granted you know you're not going to change the world of somebody by spending two thousand dollars in their country however going to a black place will switch your paradigm and will change how you operate in the world and therefore those decisions collectively or even as over the course of your lifetime are really going to be powerful and so i it changes you as a person and i just think it's it's invaluable and so granted you know a little bit of money here and there y'all might not think it's nothing it does make a difference a little bit but but like all of us making those decisions and then who we become as a result like change the way you think and you'll never be the same again like that's a Stephen Biko quote like it is like you know it is like it's facts so I'm just saying like the power of the power of the individual of the individual and this is for anybody but I know black people I'm black that's it's for anybody your mind is where your seat of power is if you can think differently you can have a different life and it's not it's not it's not impossible for us we don't need to we don't need to follow what people tell us our lives should be like whether that is like 
chasing a lot of material possessions and I'm not hating on material possessions, but I know that they ultimately are not going to add the value that I think most of us want in our lives. And so, or just working very hard and retiring, that doesn't still add the value or add the fulfillment that I think most of us want in our lives. So anyway, mm -hmm. I'm not so fox. That's me. I love that. I love that. Honestly, thank you so much for all of this time. Like this has been an awesome conversation and like you being a part of my first podcast segment ever. Like this is yes. awesome. This is awesome. We're just excited to like take things further and whatnot. I'm definitely excited to be able to bring all of this out into the world and allow people to see it, hear from it, learn from it. Um, I definitely hope that people are inspired to travel the diaspora from this. I think that's one very key thing to take away from this. And it's something yes. I've been itching to do for these past few years. I've been trying my best to find opportunity, especially to go to Africa and whatnot. And soon, latest by the time I graduate, it's going to happen and whatnot. Fingers so, crossed. Fingers crossed. I think yeah. there's a lot of great countries to be in. And some of my favorites, not that I've been to only, but the simplest ones to go to, I think Kenya is great to go to. I think Tanzania, oh, if list. you would love Zanzibar, you would absolutely love I Zanzibar. I love it. Eh? You would love Zanzibar. You would love Zanzibar. Um, for a vibe, for a whole vibe. Ghana is where it's at. I can't I can't hate on Ghana. It's also very safe. It's super safe yeah. and it's a whole vibe. Ghana's a Ghana's a vibe. And people do that in in around New Year's Christmas. Ducky was there. Okay, Ducky thought who's a model. She was living yeah. the best life. People was my friends was with her. I was like, I'm not. like I'm Ber just trying to Berna say. Berna was there. Like one of my boys yeah. was in Ghana. Berna boy was there and everything. Yes, like that. Like, it's just like looks like I've been inspired enough. Like I'm ready to go see Ghana for real. Ghana is. Ghana's a vibe. Ghana's a vibe. Yeah. I'm so proud of my country. I think it is an amazing vibe. And also, a lot of Jamaicans believe that they've come from either Ghana or Benin or Togo, like that's like this area. So, you know, we fam. So you will yeah, find true. your cousins in Ghana too. Yeah. <laughs> so you would like real. it. Ghana's Ghana's a good one. I think South Africa's a good one. People do say that it's very Western and certain places have a vibe that is still tense with um racial racial differences yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's there's still racial tension in certain places beautiful country like i definitely want to get out there but mm -hmm. in terms of a lot of the stuff that I have going on and like a lot of the economic systems is very it's very clear like in south africa from yeah. my sense I have, i've never visited but talking to people and what i know of south africa um unfortunately the disparities are still very strong out there yeah sure. and so yeah i i i'm going i'm planning a group trip but i do think that that it's also really inexpensive too when you get there so that's a great thing um if someone wanted an introduction into africa that was like still like the west that's yeah. a great place but if you if you want my favorite my, one of my favorites honestly tanzania gives me I've been in West Africa, so I know West Africa, but it gives me West Africa, it's East Africa, and it gives me Caribbean in, on the continent. Really? I just was like, I mean, the blue water, the coconuts, the like music, the, just yeah. everything gives me Caribbean vibes. vibes I love the Caribbean. Yeah. So so yeah. it's just, you're going, and because it's an island, Zanzibar in particular is an island, so you'll, 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 you'll love it. I, I, I would say 
everybody would love Zanzibar. Just go. You would love it. Hook us up with a flight deal. Yes. Yes. That's, I was about I attention. I was literally about to do a Zanzibar flight deal and I waited too long and it passed because I just couldn't find the time to type it. And I was like, yeah. damn, these now these flights are like seven hundred dollars when they were like between five and like and and unfortunately yeah most people and i just want to say this about africa most people don't realize this because of the distortion on our maps africa is big it is big it's it makes it look small to fit into the proportions but you, i'm going i'm going to send you a picture it's like europe can fit into it russia can fit, like united states can fit into it like it's like all these continents almost can fit into Africa, the landmass is big. And but you look at America and Africa and you look at the size on the map and you're like, oh, America's pretty big. No baby. So that's why when you you get a fight, it's like 14 hours. That's why, because it is far and it's big. So I'm just yeah. saying. I just when when we talk about pricing, some of it has to do with lack of competition. So there's not as many routes or things like that. But still, a lot of it has to do with the the, the place is big. The place yeah. is big. The place yeah. is real big. If you're coming from Europe, it might not be as far to get to certain places. But from Canada and America, the United States um, is far. So all I'm trying to say is a $500 ticket to the continent is a good price. Okay. Yeah. It's, is it like if you're not spending a thousand, if you're spending like 700 and less, that's a good flight. It's just, yeah, it's expensive. I, I, I almost got a flight. Like, I just didn't book it because I was just waiting to see. But um, I had a flight to Nigeria, and in, like, American dollars, it would have been, like, 700 or something like that's that. That's real like, good. That's really, really good. Really good. And I noticed that, and that's why I was like, okay, like, let's make this happen. Yeah, so, let's make this happen. If you're not paying 1200 mm -hmm. you you winning. Okay. Seriously.